Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Travels hostess. Tonight, we're packing the car and heading north to Portland, Oregon. Now, I've actually been to Portland, but it was a very brief stay. In fact, it was, I think, one night. So, really nothing to definitely write home about. However, since I was a kid, I remember hearing about our very first stop on our paranormal Portland trip. And that would be Portland's Shanghai Tunnels. Initially built in the 19th century as a means to offload goods quickly and efficiently from the city's port to the businesses all over Portland, a network of tunnels and passages were built. Now, these tunnels and passageways basically led to the basement of taverns, bars, saloons, and hotels that were all connected to the waterfront of the Wilmette River. But sometimes the sailors bringing in the goods didn't always return to their home ships. And so this eventually causes a shortage of manpower on the ships. So the sea captain, you know, doing what they felt was necessary, began paying Shanghaiers to bring them new recruits to fill this manpower shortage. So it is estimated that thousands of people pass through these tunnels annually. And sadly, many of them were never seen again, were never heard from again, and just simply disappeared. So what the Shanghaiers would do is they would use these to basically kidnap unsuspecting men They would either, you know, take them by force, club them over the head, or drug their drinks and wait till they fell unconscious and force them either into slavery, but basically, essentially, some type of human trafficking. And also, of course, during Prohibition, they also used these tunnels to smuggle in the booze. So, again, they would either drug or knock their victims unconscious. Once they basically had their victim unconscious, they would drag them into the tunnels and, you know, these unfortunate people would basically be unconscious for hours, even days. And so, and then they would kind of divvy up, you know, which sex belonged to which type of work. The men, they would usually find themselves on a ship already far out to sea basically having been sold to work again as a sailor or a cruiseman on a ship. Women, however, would basically be forced into prostitution or slavery. 
Now, obviously, the people behind this, these pieces of garbage, didn't really care to use caution. So, sadly, sometimes the victims would die as a result of these assaults, as a result of being drugged or overdrugged, and, you know, their bodies reacting to it and not ever coming out of it. So it is believed that the souls of these poor, innocent victims, these unsuspecting souls, are the ones who are haunting the tunnels. Today, people who visit the tunnels have reported hearing disembodied screaming, have heard murmuring voices in their ears, and some have even reported ghostly hands grabbing a hold of the visitor's clothing. And you can, of course, arrange for a tour of these haunted tunnels. Now, as I've never taken one, I can't really recommend a company, but (laughs) do your research. You know, make sure you select one that does not Shanghai you. So, in, in the previous episode, if you've heard the Sacramento one, this, again, is probably why I remember hearing this as a kid, because in Sacramento, California, where I've come from, we had the same thing in old Sacramento. Basically, these Shanghai tunnels. Okay, on to another paranormal hotspot in paranormal Portland, Oregon. And it's a personal choice. Uh, So, again, if you know anything about me, I love cemeteries. So let's talk the Lone Fir Cemetery. Open for business in the 1800s, Lone Fir is the oldest and largest pioneer cemetery. It is a final resting place for at least 25,000 souls with the oldest graves dating as far back as 1846. Guys, this is before the Civil War. Now, sadly, some of these graves are unmarked. People who have visited the cemetery have reported hearing the sounds of a woman crying, especially at night, the sounds of people arguing, and basically strange and disembodied unusual sounds with no known sources. So they're like, what the hell is that sound? I don't even know where it's coming from. I'm going to poop my pants. <laughs> uh, good times, right? Anyways. In addition to all this, people have also reported seeing apparitions of ghosts wandering about the cemetery. And it is theorized that some of these apparitions are wandering about because they don't have a grave marker. Now, one of the awesome things about the cemetery is that you can take a tour by the Friends of the Lone Fir Cemetery and learn all about the asylum patients, the Shanghai captains, and the fancy ladies who are all basically just a few of the definite current residents that make up the cemetery. All right, so we've talked about McShady tunnels. We've talked about haunted cemeteries. Let's talk about the theater. The Hollywood Theater, in fact. Open for business on July 19, 1926, the Hollywood Theater is located in the central historic part of the Hollywood District. And as a 95-year-old theater, it is one of the oldest movie theaters in America. Currently, the theater will show a variety of movies from independent to the educational and to the experimental films. I'm not really sure what that means, but always obviously read the listing. But no matter what they're showing, 
they always seem to have unpaid paranormal guests. So who is refusing to take that final bow and who is refusing to walk the final curtain call? Well, people have reported seeing the spirit of a man floating through the audience during movie screenings. And there are also reports of a spirit of a man who likes to roam around the upstairs lobby area. But there are also women here. Employees who are closing up for the night have often seen a woman sitting in the back of the theater. And when they approach her to let her know, ma'am, we're closing, the woman disappears. And she is not alone. There are also reports of a different female spirit who likes to pace up and down the hall, smoking a cigarette. And if that's not enough, there's a ghost that will tap on employees' shoulders when they're completely alone. So, if you want to go to the theater and you're by yourself, but you don't really want to be by yourself, check out the Hollywood Theater. All right, we've talked about cemeteries. We've talked about theaters. We've talked about the underground Shanghai tunnels. Let's talk antiques. There is a shop called Voodoo Antiques located at 122 Northwest Couch Street. This historic antique shop is haunted by the apparition of a lady dressed in period clothing. And she likes to sport a lace bonnet. Now her favorite haunting spot is actually floating near the rear of the store after closing hours. However, staff and customers have both reported that objects will be pushed off shelves by unforeseen forces. Objects will disappear for weeks at a time only to reappear like magic exactly where they were originally. You see, there is a certain pen and ink drawing in the shop that is considered haunted. As for the drawing itself, it's actually of a woman with a lace headscarf that the owner received as a present from his mother-in-law. So they contribute the hauntings to this drawing. And believe it or not, the police have documented, well-documented, this type of haunting. They've been called out many times. They have it, you know, in their records and their reports that there is something paranormal going on at the voodoo antique shop. All right, so after you hit all these hot spots, after you do a little shopping at the voodoo antique store, you're going to need to eat. That's right. And guess what? We're going to talk about one of my favorite food items, pizza. I like pizza pie. I'm sure you like a little pizza pie. I mean, honestly, who doesn't like pizza? (laughs) So, let's talk about Old Town Pizza. Founded in 1974 by the Akari family, this pizza joint is actually inside the Merchant Hotel, which is one of the oldest standing buildings in Portland. A little history about the Merchant Hotel. Three brothers, Louis Adolf and Theodore Nicololi, opened the Merchant Hotel in the late 1800s. 
and it was their design to make it a luxurious hotel complete with fine decor, including beautifully art-lined hallways, and to impress the one percenters upper crust, it even operated the first hydraulic elevator in all of Portland. The Merchant Hotel also used to house a billiard hall, a bar, a brothel, and, strange as it sounds, a cracker factory. So (laughs) it has a lot of history going on. Now, when you have yourself a slice, things to keep in mind. People have reported smelling a woman's perfume from an unknown source. People have heard whispering while they're eating. And sometimes people get the tapping sensation on their shoulder only to kind of look around and see that nobody is standing next to them. So who can this lingering pizza-possessed spirit be? Well, it is believed that a former employee of the Merchant Hotel called Nina is the pizza-possessed phantom. Nina used to work at the Merchant Hotel about 100 years ago until, unfortunately, she met her untimely end at the bottom of that dark hydraulic elevator shaft. Now, Nina likes to cruise about in a black dress. She likes to hang out with the pizza diners, but she also likes to hang out in the lobby, and more unnervingly, she likes the basement. But Nina is not alone in her pizzeria, Phantom Ghost Haunts. After hours, staff have been known to see a lady in white She likes to head downstairs, and because they're closed, the staff will follow her to let her know that, hey, time's up, gots to go. But when they get downstairs to address her, she is gone. So, while you're munching on some awesome pizza, you just might get lucky and have a paranormal experience with your pizza pie. Now... If a pint of booze is calling your name from a disembodied beer mug, let's talk the White Eagle Saloon. Located north of Portland in the industrial neighborhoods, this saloon dates back to 1905. It, when it opened, was geared towards servicing the Polish laborers who worked in the industry neighborhoods. Owned and operated by William Heizuko, I'm messing this up, and I'm Polish, so I don't, uh, you'll have to forgive me. And Bronlisa Solo Leski. And at the time that they opened for business, they actually ran a respectable establishment. However, once the economy changed a bit and the industry area changed a bit, the saloon clientele also began to change a bit. Eventually, this place would have an upstairs brothel, a downstairs opium den, and it eventually becomes a place where people get shanghaied. Sailors from the nearby port would roll in, thanks to the, probably thanks to the brothel, cause a little bit of havoc, and soon the saloon became a place where people, basically a place where people went to, you know, look for trouble, cause problems, get into a fist fight. And this saloon eventually becomes known for its violent brawls to the point that it gets nicknamed the Bucket of Blood. 
Now, again, like I said earlier, eventually people start getting shanghaied here. Again, with those sailors, it's kind of prime pickings. You know, <laughs> the sailors already know what to do. So <laughs> and once they get shanghaied and they're back on a ship, well, they already know how to swab that deck. So <laughs> either way, today, with obviously some modern changes and no more shanghaying people, the White Eagle Saloon is a hotel and a music venue. A haunted hotel and music venue. In fact, it's so haunted that paranormal incidences tend to happen daily. And the best hot spot of them all? Why, in the basement, of course. But people have reported having experiences all over. So, what are we talking about here? Again, we're talking about people hearing the sounds of whispers. Or people feel like they're getting touched by some ghostly, you know, fingers. And on one occasion, a waitress was pushed down the stairs by some unseen hands, leaving her kind of banged up, actually. So, a little brutal. Kind of need to calm it down. So, who is possibly cooling their heels from beyond the grave at this saloon? Well, this place actually has a number of ghosts. One being a former prostitute by the name of Rosie. It is theorized that she was actually murdered in the building and people can hear her crying. Another ghost is a pre-prohibition bartender and cook by the name of Sam Warwick. You can actually see Sam, what he looked like when he was alive, if you take a moment and check out the hotel's collection of historical pictures. However, the bulk of the restless spirits at the saloon seem to be the trapped souls of the poor people who fell victim of the infamous Shanghai tunnels. So here again, just like in regular downtown Portland, you have these poor unfortunate souls wondering, what just happened to me? And they don't have anybody to tell them how things ended for them. But like I said today, the, the White Eagle Saloon is actually a music venue. And it has seen such acts as ZZ Top, Robert Cray, and the Isley Brothers. And that's just to name a few who have played there. Now, obviously after some cemetery ghosts, some pizza phantoms, and potentially being pushed by unseen hands at the White Eagle Saloon, you may want to go for a good night's rest. <laughs> no, we're paranormal hunters. We, we know better than that. And Portland has no shortage of paranormal hotels. Let's talk about the Heathman. Built in 1927, the Heathman is one of Portland's oldest remaining historical hotels. In fact, it's actually a member of the Historical Hotels of America, and it is listed on the National Registry of Historic Places. At the time it was built by George Heathman, it was to the tune of $1 million. We're talking 94 years ago. $1 million. That's a lot of money. Needless to say, it was intended to be a luxury hotel. And George spared no expense. You see, he was actually paid to build this hotel by wealthy entrepreneurs, investors, and politicians who wanted a hotel that would represent their, you know, rich wealthy social status and the Heathman Hotel was definitely built 
to be the definition of comfort, luxury, and excellence. So, for his $1 million, George built a luxurious hotel that stood 11 stories tall and contained 300 luxurious rooms. Now, almost being 100 years old, of course, it's got a haunting history. There is a persisting story that at least one guest committed suicide by jumping out of the windows of the hotel. And it is said that he basically cursed (laughs) the rooms uh, going down because it is said that visitors staying at the hotel, especially in rooms ending in three, tend to report strange and unusual sounds along with voices from unknown sources. And if you're looking for a very specific one, There's been experiences in room 803 where one guest actually reported seeing an apparition at the foot of their bed. But definitely, definitely, definitely room 703 seems to have the best paranormal experiences. People have reported finding their clean towels used when nobody was in the room. People have reported their furniture being rearranged. And people have reported glasses of water being taken away. So, again, it's rooms that end in the number three that tend to bring on some paranormal activity. Now, as I mentioned before, I've been to Portland. It was, like I said, an extremely, barely even mentionable stay. But one of the places that I'm not exactly sure is paranormal or haunted, but I did want to mention is... The Powell Bookstore. This bookstore is mega. It is huge. It is one of the biggest bookstores independently owned. And it's impressive. I was impressed. It has everything. And so if you are a book lover, if you are an avid you know, book fan, I highly, highly recommend you taking a, mo- a, mo- not a moment, a couple of hours and checking out the Powell Bookstore. Now, one of the other reasons why I chose Portland, Oregon for tonight's episode is because I actually came across a very curious class offering. It is a cadaver lab class. And I'm not going to lie, it is pretty pricey, but you can pay to streamline the classes from your from the comfort of your home, and that is considerably cheaper than attending the actual class. So if you're interested, if you're curious about what the hell is a cadaver lab class, what they're going to do is they will perform a forensic autopsy on a full human cadaver. And they'll take walk you through the steps. And to me, this is kind of where, you know, this is awesome. I personally am not into cadavers. But, you know, to see that how they do it, to to have them explain their process, what they're looking for, tips or, you know, things to be mindful of, this to me is completely awesome. So if you put in Google, you could check out the Cadaver Lab classes. And this class is being hosted in October, so you have ample time. Again, you can... You know, splurge and spend the money because it is a little expensive to be present 
or you could pay to streamline video streamline and watch from the from the comfort and the safety of your own home and like i said all you need to type in is cadiverclass.com and again portland this will happen in portland on october 17th if you miss this one good news they're doing a second one in seattle washington on halloween <laughs> either way check it out and if you do attend, I'm not sure if I'll attend, but if you do attend, it's from 9 to 12, let me know. Tell me what you think. I think this is really, really awesome. And perfect timing for Halloween. <laughs> okay, so that is all I have for you tonight for Portland, Oregon. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I'm on Facebook. If you are curious or interested and you'd like to join, send me a request. However, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are or have a specific tourist attraction in mind or have a specific cadaver class in mind, send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are. <laughs> <laughs>